Hello and welcome to the 361 Podcast Season 8, Episode 4. My name is Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Rafe Blanford from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. This week, with the announcement of the Apple Watch, the world's attention is back on wearables. But we're going to talk about all aspects of wearables, from smart hats to smart socks. And we're going to talk about who's buying them and where the market's going to go. Welcome back, chaps. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Very good. Doing very well. Not oh. too traumatised by my $100 phone. High energy. Yes, well, we, we, we're still testing those. Yes, we are. Um, yeah. We've been tweeting away this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, well, I hope you've been following it. Uh, check out the hashtag $100, $100 phone and challenge, and we will uh, be letting you know how we get on. But we're not talking about $100 phones this week. No. Uh, we still haven't quite forgiven Mr. McLeod. Come on. Look, okay. I did explain. I, okay. I could have right. gone on. and bought the E if you... Move really on. Wanted. So, no time for news and things of the week this no, week no. because we have Big a topic. action-packed episode. That's right. right. We, we physically won't be moving at all. We'll just be sitting stationary in the 361 studio. But, Rafe Bamford, what are we talking about this week? We're going to talk about wearables this week, which encompasses a huge range of things. But it's been in the news a lot recently, not least because of Apple Watch, but also updates coming from all sorts of uh, manufacturers and people getting into the space. And uh, Ewan's been uh, taking a whooping from me in that as well, because he's been wearing a Fitbit and never gets to 10,000 steps really a day. It's really annoying. It's just because I drive every day, right, into the office, well, so you, I can't walk. You should, do what well. I, you should do what I do with my Fitbit, which is I got in my car the other day. Yeah. It, it it pinged off my belt because I caught it on the on the, the safety belt. It right. pinged onto the floor. I drove 100 miles in the car with a Fitbit on the floor and it recorded something to the tune of 20,000 steps. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, every time you put, the, put your foot down? Well, I just, it was vibrating away on the floor of my car. So, yeah. Or you can put it in the washing machine. That works too. Oh, fair enough. I've, I've done 7,300 steps today and that is, that is, that's quite a lot. So, Rafe, why are we saying wearables, not smartwatches? Because... There's a great range of things that you can wear about your person as an accessory to your phone, your tablet, or whatever it happens to be. And I think if we just talk about smartwatches, we're rather limiting ourselves. And we're clearly we're going to focus on a couple of uh, devices, a couple of topics. But just before we do that, I just want to highlight the diversity because we've talked about wearables before, but we're seeing more products come in. And you can divide them whether they have the screen or not and what they do. But I think quite a useful way to do it is divide them by where they are on your body or how you wear them. Okay. So you can think about things on your head. And the obvious one there is Google Glass. But you also start to see smart cycling helmets You know, with cameras built in. Uh, things like uh, Melon as well, which is a, a, me- it's a measurement tool that um, is a sort of personal tracker. It's like the thing that goes on what, your like wrist. Goes on your- but in, instead of wearing it, it's on your head. Okay. Right. Um, and equally, you've got things like uh, uh, check light, which is for head injury measurement. Uh, so it's both the personal, but also the medical. You've also got the earphones just coming in. So ah, yes. LG have yes. announced them. Um, yeah. Petronics, a couple of other companies as well. And this is because when you jam stuff in your ears, you can take heartbeat and all kinds of interesting information. Temperature. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, uh, I saw some of these at IFA when I was in Berlin. I'm still banging on about that. But actually, it was pretty cool that you have Bluetooth stereo headset and get the heart rate monitor from it. Because for people who do exercise, unlike probably the three people sitting Uh, here, take that back. Take that back. You, you and McLeod has joined. I was in the gym today. In your pinstripe pyjamas, yes. I, I, no, I, no, I was in the gym today. I exercised massively. Okay, so people How go many active minutes today did you do? 
Um, quite like quite a few actually because I yeah, went to the car on, phone warehouse shop. Anyway, moving on. Uh, you can also talk about the upper body, and that's things like T-shirts and smart clothing, which we're starting to see a mm. little bit more of. It's when um, you clip a Fitbit to your nipple piercing, is it? <laughs> that's right, but some of the uh, prototype experimental stuff, the Google throat tattoo, that can be uh, said to be a hang wearable. On a, hang on a second, did you hear about that? No. Google throat, are you making that up, Rafe? No, I, 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 I actually had to do a bit of research to come up with this. And this is an alternative to wearing an earpiece, and it can connect to a smartphone and replace otherwise comfortable or badly fitting earpieces. Ah, th- is this is this like a throat microphone that goes around your neck? All oh, right, not a tattoo. Ah. Well, it's it looks like a tattoo, and it's that's how it oh, goes right. on. But ah. yeah, so it's that kind of interesting. Type. That's so, cool. That's cool. Uh, and obviously, I tell you where people might have seen those is if you've ever watched an action movie. Tom Cruise. Sometimes, uh, sometimes people, you know, army yeah. fellas, they have these kind of it's like a like a choker. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Induction mics. and it's an induction mic that goes and yeah, it's wow, super cool. I, wow. I want one of those. Okay, keep going then. So we've we've got we've got as far as your navel then, Rafe, I think. Yeah, so you yeah. can then actually talk about your wrist, where I think is where most people are actually wearing wearables at the moment. So that's obviously things like the jawbone up. It's the, the no, wrist. Go a bit further, please. I want to hear about rings. Uh, pebbles, yeah. There's NFC rings coming in, wristify. Um, that tends to be step tracking, but can also be heart rate and galvanic response and mm-hmm. things like that. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll say that word again. Uh, that's measuring effectively... Uh, Galvanetic. Uh, but now, I have to make sure I get this right. It's yeah. um, conductivity measurement. All right, okay. Uh, and it's sort of and one more thing that you, you can track uh, for exercise terms and sort of sweat and things like that. Okay. I'm going to have to look it up because I'm not actually sure. And then you can also think about things on your feet. And actually, the Misfit Shine can go in many Ankles. places, but it's designed to go, say, on the shoes or things like Notch and the Fitbag. Fitback org and i've got got here on my list um sensorial smart socks now i don't actually know what they do but i just like the idea of smart socks is there anything like sexual? like what sorry sexual. <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly comment on that kind of research we didn't do any research on any um i i'm sure there are uh, things in that area but right, we're not got talking them about them on this no, family sorry. podcast no, because th- this was um, a bit of research that was family friendly. Okay, fine. Okay, so we, we're not. You can, um, th- there are part things you can stick on your naughty bits, but we won't be talking about them today. There we go. <laughs> so we've got hats, socks, wearables, rings. There's a there's a lot of stuff there, but it seems to me that you you mentioned sport and fitness a lot and sure that's that's where the market is which perhaps we'll talk about you know kind of well, it's an entry level it's a good way into the market you know, it, it is but it's, it's, a, it's a defined group that group spe- can spend a lot of money oh. on equipment and things like that and there's there's a fashion self as well, on uh, but also it, it specifically helps you but but what about what about wearables for people who are not you know, running up a mountain in a promotional video or jogging along a beach or i mean all that stuff that you see in, oh. in the in the adverts well, it's interesting you say that because that quantified self, which is where all the exercise training has been, the big push. Do, do you know where? Do you know where I keep my Fitbit, and my smartwatch? Is this a funny joke at home? Uh, I'm not sure. I want to know, but Go please on. tell us yeah. on my quantified shelf. Uh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. Hear me. Sorry. There are things coming in that uh, might be considered not about exercise now one of the ones that's just coming out here in the uk is barclays bpay yes that's which that is, is rocking quite quite a smart idea so barclays is a bank a high street bank it yeah. is and bpay is a wristband that has the contactless payment technology built in that it's the same thing that's in the iphone 6 and the 
uh, Apple Watch, which we'll talk about later. But I mean, you're good. Essentially, the NFC yeah. bit of your credit card, something that's just come in for payment on the underground here in London, that's mm. our metro system public transport. And essentially, for any purchase under £20, you can just hold your wrist up to the uh, contactless sensor and pay for something. It's a sort of a pre-filled charge card is the way it actually yeah. works. But it's interesting that that kind of concept has started to come in. And we're, we're seeing it for other things as well. There are other places in the world where they're using it for public transport payment or for ticketing entry and things like that. So we've talked about, we've got payments, we've got fitness and quantified self. And, and an excellent joke, I think, I've made there. Um, quantified self. Quantified self. Uh-huh, um, yeah. What about... What about fashion and style? Because the well, you, you've it, come to the right podcast. Well, you have because I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Ralph Blanford uh, in his in his finery. You know, he's dressed head to toe in ermine, and um, he's not. It's all right. Yep. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Um, so, in the sports field, things have a distinct kind of sporty, robust, sweatproof look. And you know, I think my observation would be that. The, the the wearables that are available on the market look very similar to the the sports equipment that you would have bought previously but yep. wouldn't have been in, in inverted commas smart but what i do notice as well is that a lot of these devices to my eye don't look very appealing so and i pick specifically jawbone up for example it's a, a it's rectangle a, it's, it's a rec, it's a rectangle profile worn as a worn as a bracelet which wraps around your wrist my, mm. my wife has one and actually enjoys using it a lot for for uh, step tracking and activity mm. tracking but she does tend to take it off if she's going anywhere smart because this this bit of plastic isn't really you know it doesn't really go with your you know your finery or if you're going into a smart meeting or you're going out for the night uh you know it, you yeah, it's a bit rubbish isn't it it doesn't really look the piece. which takes us to burberry i think to the former chief executive of burberry who is now working at rafe apple that's right heading up the wearable watch Keep going. Yeah, no, no. She's heading up the, uh, well, I, I, I presume fashion. Yeah, I can't remember now. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, is it Angela? Well, I can't remember her name but, now. But because you know, this is not a fashion podcast. But anyway, she has joined Apple to really help them with That's retail. She's taking on retail, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, w- what's kind of interesting about this is there is this idea that in order to get to mass adoption, wearables are going to have to become more fashionable. And there are early signs of this in that, we're seeing some companies, Sony, for example, have just announced their Smart Band 2 and a couple of other wearables. One of the big points they made during their press conference, their presentation of it, was they'd actually worked with fashion brands to create containers for this. And actually, the track, the wearable itself is just a small little blip of a thing. Um, and they then put it in other things. Now, that could be a bracelet. It could mm. be a pendant. Uh, but that's, that's not like a watch where you attach a strap to a body. That is literally the... The, the wearable component is is almost like a looks like a pill, doesn't it? And it it does. slips into uh, various kind of, um, various cases. And, and it's an interesting idea, but it's also the versatility of the sensor can actually cope with being in different places. Yeah, I think the interesting area is smartwatches, where we're starting to see differentiation in that it's not just about the functionality now. There are some coming out with a specific remit to kind of be more fashionable. Okay, let's talk about smartwatches then, because I okay. think that the... Because it's a category in its own. We've talked about stuff you wear. This is really about having a second screen about your person, logical places on right, the There is on, a fundamental problem with a watch, right? Well, because for me, the obvious difference is that 
the majority, in the majority of cases, a smartwatch is a multifunction device, and all the other things we've talked about are single task. Right, but let me tell you that the number one problem with a watch is because we are all ingrained that if someone does this, right, okay, so I'm, I'm tipping my wrist. You're miming. Yeah, I'm looking, miming looking, looking at, at my watch, wrist. right? We all know what that means, okay? And I was sat a little while ago with a leading social media expert who had his little pebble on, and he also had all of his um, Twitter updates going straight to his pebbles. So every tick, every tick, every, every every few moments, oh, goodness me, we couldn't speak to the guy, right? Because I mean, we actually had to say, could you switch that off? Could you actually just switch your Bluetooth off, please, so I can speak to you? Because he's going, hello, yeah, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, every five minutes, sorry, not every five minutes, every, every, every minute something was happening on his watch. And it's so not only is it incredibly annoying if you're around there, but it is a um, he was loving it though. He he thought it was and it, the experience for him was great. The problem is if you tip your wrist and look at you, mime looking at the time, everybody else thinks you are tired of them. This is the notification element yes. of smartwatches, which yes. is actually something I'm not particularly. Um, a fan of if you're doing it for every single notification, you need a, a sense of priority, be it an incoming call well, or, this or chat, text. Of course, was was living on social media and getting all that. And so. this is going to get worse. So we've got some stats here. Eighty-seven percent of wearable tech will be wrist-based by 2018. Wow! Wow! So thank you, Roland. Well, thank you, thank you, Roland. So thank research. you, Roland, researcher. Yeah. Um, but there's some other numbers here, and I think it's worth just checking those checking those out with Rafe because. In one respect, they're very big, but I think, Rafe, that these might be very small compared to the size of the mobile market. So let me just run these past you, and let's see if this is actually a real, a real thing. So wearable shipments to hit 22 million in 2014. Oh. That's 100 and up 129%. 22 million? 22 million devices. And, and bear in mind, um, that's coming from a, a canalist prediction, which is both uh, what they refer to as basic bands, and that's things like Fitbit as well mm. as smart bands, which can encompass uh, watches and things like that. Those numbers that are probably, rubbish, probably going to go upwards because of the Apple Watch and there's a certain amount of momentum building. But the point that Ben's making here is that we're talking tens of millions. It's a versus, small market, isn't it? You know, a hundred, hundreds of millions for something like tablets, oh. and you know, one point two, one point four billion in terms of number of smartphones. And so so it's a tiny portion. It, what it's important here is not every smartphone owner is going to have a smartwatch at all. So I've got a forecast here as well that says 2018, and this is the CCS Insight one. There's a number. Of, there's a number of different ones out there, but 2018 they reckon there'll be 250 million smart wearables. So that's a that's an increase of 14 times from today, but it's still a fraction of the smartphone market. It is, and when you consider that um, smart wearables encompasses a massive range of things, and there'll be you know. It, uh, by the time we get to 2018, certain things it will be hard to avoid getting a wearable. You know, there will be certain trainers that have it built in, or yeah. you know, clothing. The price point like will that. change dramatically as well, and that will really help. You know, and and we are already seeing, you know, the the smart band trackers come down in, for the Chinese one from uh, Xiaomi, for example, to the sort of 15 pound price point. Mm. Um, so there is this by by fabrication or this division of wearables almost into this cheap mass market yeah. there is also this sense of premium and i think that's something we we haven't really seen before and this goes back to the point that you know ben was making about fashion and i think smart watches are particularly interesting here because they're the ones that i think are going to lead on the fashion front i had a question i was uh, speaking at connections luxury the other week 
uh, and I'm speaking to a load of luxury uh, hotel and travel experts, uh, people who, who work for a lot of the big hotel brands. And I was talking about smartwatches and saying, look, I really think you should be aware of this and consider this. And one of them said, look, all of our customers, most of our customers, arrive at our reception or very funky, very expensive hotels with 15 to 50,000 pound watches on their wrists. Are you telling me, Ewan, that those guys next year or in a couple of years' time are going to give up those gorgeous, expensive status symbols and be wearing a you know, $200, $300 uh, wristwatch? And I said, I don't know. I said, I think there's a distinct possibility that the market will move and that these high net worth individuals are going to want these this type of same facility or they want to display their wealth as well. But I wonder, is this where Apple are, are, um, are moving with their, their smartwatch? So that you can buy one for 279 or, or, or thereabouts, but you can also buy one that's got a gorgeous, amazing strap made by blah, blah, and that's $10,000. Well, the... The Apple, Apple, is it the Elite one? I, I'm trying to remember the different name, but the Apple have announced a, a gold model. And I mean, just Rafe, purely the, the, that quantity of gold in a device is going to mean anyone who thinks it's going to be available at the, at the $300 kind of price point that they talked about as a launch is going to be sadly disappointed, aren't they? That's, that's, that's the launch price for the, for the cheap metal version. It, it is. And I mean, we're talking 24 karat gold. It's difficult to know the weighting exactly, but I would suggest that we're probably looking at 3000 pounds plus potentially. And yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if it's higher than that. It, that whole thing does bring up the issue about wearables being relatively short-term, having a short product life cycle, where people buying expensive watches expect them to last you know, 50 years or to be passed on to the next generation, mm. as the Swiss watchmakers would have us believe. And so I wonder if there's any way wearables can respond to that to have some kind of replaceable element or something. So, you know, it's really early days for that. But what I've seen is that there's this sense that in order to kind of have that appeal these people who buy the expensive watches will often have multiple watches. Uh, and so the idea of them buying one is, is not out of sight. Wearing it all the time possibly is. Mm. Um, but I think even before you get to that market, the current smartwatches are so clunky and relatively large that people don't want to wear them because they're not comfortable and they stick out. And I actually think that even before we get to that big luxury end of the market, which is a really interesting one, there's this sort of argument around, can you make it, interesting and fashionable it's, it's in the, smart in, that in apple the 300 two sizes but they are but what i think is really smart about what apple have done is you know, having the different models makes a lot of sense but having a whole variety of different straps straps is there. where they really made the home run um because actually i think the ui it's too early to judge we don't actually know all that much about the mm. apple watch i think my answer would be if you're if, if, if the person who asks you the question thinks that they're they're, they're um their customers are wearing fifteen thousand to fifty thousand dollar watches then no they won't be arriving with smartwatches because even the high end of the highest end smartwatch at the moment so presumably apple's gold variant if that's three five thousand dollars that's still mid-tier or low end for those for those type of people yeah. that that's a i mean i appreciate that's a huge amount of money for normal people but that's a mid-tier rolex or a tag or Entry something level, like that that's someone, yeah. that's not yeah that's not one of a very exclusive you know swiss brands that um, that rafe was referring to so i don't think it will happen can i just do do your pop quiz yeah. and rafe don't cheat by looking at my my laptop screen over the other thing but what do you think is the most popular selling smartwatch on amazon today as we record this you get uh, pebble one, pebble from ewan 
I would have thought it's one of the Samsung models. Go on, choose one, right? Um, as we're recording this, uh, what's it's, it's going to be the, uh, the 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 second generation one. Gear that's running S, yeah, the Gear S. Okay, so we've got the Pebble and the Gear S, and I should clarify that I'm talking about the UK Amazon store. Yeah. Do you want to? You're going to stick with your your votes. Uh, I'm going to stick with my guess, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to Higher. be wrong because uh, lower. Okay, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's some. Cheap Can we play along at home? Yeah, we'll, we'll play along at home. Shout shout out your answers now, and the answer is, it's the VTech Kiddy Zoom smartwatch Woo. for thirty eight fifty nine. Yeah, it's a kid, it's a children's toy. Devi- uh, device with a, a built-in computer, VTech. If you well, you'll know you and you, yeah, exactly. VTech's a brand that yeah, makes that. computers optimized for children. And I, yeah. and I was about to exclude it and say, no, 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 that's not actually genuinely a smartwatch. But actually, if you fire it up, it is. It's got games, it's got apps, it's got things on it. Uh, it's got different colors. So we do a smartwatch challenge. It's got and, different watch faces. Um, and, and, and what's more, it's, it's standalone. It doesn't actually require a smartphone. No, it doesn't, but it is a smartwatch. And I thought, actually, I, I, I think we shouldn't exclude it. Um, so that was the, that's, the, that's in first place. We're going to talk about rings, yet. Yeah. Well, so very quickly, second most popular oh, Sony smartwatch. Oh, that's interesting. Sony smartwatch 2, selling for £95. Oh, right. um, second, third place. Where's the Pebble? LG G-Watch. Pebble's not on That's the one I've got, the LG. LG G-Watch. Pebble's not yeah. on the top three for Amazon. Now, to be fair, it's partly about the distribution. You may yeah, not yeah. buy through Amazon, yep. And um, just, just as a, by the by, activity trackers, Fitbit's got that locked up in the first and third place, yeah. and uh, the Jawbone up on which, as well. Which is really surprising when you consider that uh, Fitbit had the product recall on the uh, one of their products due mm. to uh, people getting rashes from the plastic, band, wasn't it? plastic yeah. strap. Yeah, yeah, but I think they handled that quite well. But they handled it quite well. Yeah. But actually, they aren't the most sophisticated on the market. There's quite a lot of trackers out there mm. that have better features. I mean, for example where one of the big trends I think we'll see in the next 12 months is in addition to tracking the kind of the heart rate and your steps, you'll also start tracking light and it's the amount of uh, blue light that you're getting. Oh. That's, that's obviously linked to uh, uh, serotonins and sort of neurotransmitted levels and how happy and exercised you're feeling. So actually that's my tip for what we'll see next. Okay, well, let's, let's hold with that theme then because if the market kind of kicked off with activity trackers and sports trackers and now is the year of smartwatches... And we've, we've probably, it? well, you're you declaring that we're, we're talking about them at least. Okay. We, we, I mean, right. to be fair, to be fair, the smart, the Apple, the Apple product won't ship until 2015, but there's mm. a lot out there. And I mean, my goodness, Samsung releases a new smartwatch every 20 minutes. It doesn't yeah. sell any, but you know, announces plenty. Um, what next? So Rafe, you talked about light tracking, but actually what, what, what categories and uses you uses will come next? I'm, I'm tempted to say it's going to be about identification because what we're going to see with uh, Android L, for example, is the ability to have your smartwatch unlock your phone. So yep. it's, it's those kind of proximal uses. Presence kind of. And it's the equivalent to you know, having a smart card that you use to get into a building or unlock your front door. But rather than doing that kind of thing, it'll actually be around the device. And so if you're wearing a, a smartwatch all the time, it absolutely makes sense that your phone shouldn't ask you for a pin cone when that, that, that's present. And Apple are doing something similar with the Apple Watch in that when you put it on your wrist, that's you're going to have to sort of unlock it or activate it. And then when it breaks contact with your wrist, that will sort of lock everything up again. And that's partly around authentication for the Apple Pay uh, stuff. Mm. But it also Mm. is going to be around what you can can do with other things, obviously, in terms of authentication and identification. And that, to me, feels like quite a sensible use. And, of course, it doesn't have to be a smartwatch. I'd quite like the idea of having a, a smart band that I can wear that, 
maybe um, you know, lets me go into a computer or into a building and also you know, unlocks my phone for me rather than having to remember passcodes or whatever it happens to be. Think you'd have a smart hairband there. A smart hairband would be fine as long as I don't have to butt against the door with it. I tell you what, I want. I want an NFC, uh, an NFC watch strap. Now that's a great idea. See, fifteen. I'm going to give you fifteen percent of that. We'll go into market. So I, I like, I like my. It's all about the execution. It's all about the execution. I like my, I like my watches, proper watches. What are you, what are you wearing there? Actually, I'm not. I'm, I'm gutted. My my Amiga's, um, my Amiga has died and has gone off that's to the watch doctor. That's just a James Bond one. Is that the only reason you've done that? Uh, it was a State gift. State your reason. It was a gift. Because of James Bond. I didn't choose it. It was a gift, but I love but it. But the, the gift, the gifter, bought uh, it because of James Bond. I don't, I, I honestly don't know. So it's not the, it's not the, uh, it's not the Seamaster, it's not the um, Speedmaster that, that James Bond okay. wears. No, Seamaster. Anyway, it's not the one that James Bond But wears. I have seen this watch before and it's a very nice one. And, and I have a, a, another, another, another Swiss brand Do as you? well. Um, and now, you know, not to, not to, uh, that's a special occasion kind of thing, but the point is that Rafe's right. I would like to watch. I, I would like to wear proper watches because they're as much about an item of jewellery as they are about being a watch. But I'd like all that authentication payment piece. That's, that's and this idea. is just a bit of this is just a bit of leather that goes around. I don't feel the you know I, I choose the colour, but I don't mind what's sewn into it. Yeah. So that one. Um. Let's just talk about glasses, then quickly. We haven't touched on them. We but can exclusively reveal that two out of the three of the 361 people wear glasses all the time. We do. So you and me, Rafe, we're glasses wearers. And they're a part of my life where I feel, uh, when, I, when I put my contacts in and I don't, I don't wear my glasses, I feel really weird. You know, it, it, it's wrong to not wear glasses now. I, I don't even wear contacts because I feel so strange not wearing glasses. Mm. I, I don't wear contacts. Do you much. feel naked when you're mm. not wearing glasses? Yeah, yeah. Really, and, but really it's an area blind that, as well. But it's area that's ripe for innovation because <laughs> unlike any of the other things, uh, the wearables, it's something that I have to wear all the time, and therefore the idea of having either tracking or even you know short range authentication built into it really appeals to you me both. personally. The heads up display yeah, well. stuff is maybe less interesting. I've, I've worn Google Glass and tried it out. So there's a there's a new so in 2015 there's a new version of Google Glass on the horizon, yeah. as I understand it. There's a Sony product coming out, a glass glass product, or, uh, rumored, and uh, Samsung have also talked about doing glass products. So, several, not everyone, but several big players are making investments in testing wearable glasses, uh, you know, uh, smart glasses. Sorry, and this is the one that that I struggle with most because, like you say, I'm used to having glasses. I can see the re- I can see the the edge of my glasses in my in my field of sight. I'm used to moving my head to maintain you know, looking through the middle of the glasses, all this kind of stuff. But I'm never used to them being intrusive. That's very intrusive into your field of vision. I tend to favour the wearables that don't have a big impact, are just there adding smartness when I want it, which is why this sort of idea of smart proximal ob- objects appeals so much. Uh, and honestly, having tried out Google Glass, uh, apart from the kind of the societal reaction, but of people around you, are, what's that, can I try it on? or you know, hating you for taking pictures live, to me it feels like it's very easy to get overhyped about wearables and for people to say, oh, this is the future. Can I just raise uh, another point in that I am a little bit disappointed that the only thing the industry seems to be able to think about are glasses and then watches. And then you know, a quick hello to the team at Mota who've brought out the Mota Smart Ring where you can see your Twitter updates from, from a little ring that goes around your finger. 
interesting. Um, I came across a little thing called the Rufus Smart Cuff. Um, uh, the Rufus, the Rufus R U F U S Cuff. And what they're doing is making use of the the real estate on your wrist, the inside of your wrist, which I think is an interesting uh, concept. So the, you know how some people wear their watch on the inside of their wrist, and they kind of they look at the for what every I'm not, I never understood that, but they they, they uh, why, why do people do that by the way? I don't know that that's wrong. Don't do that. Yeah, I know. Anyway, it's like you, anyway. Um, so the Rufus cuff, you can wear it whichever way you wish, but it's designed so that. You, you just have a strap that, uh, strap on the top of your wrist, and then underneath your wrist, you have a screen. Um, and there is actually a lot more real estate that way than, of course, on, on a watch. Quite interesting. Very interesting. It does make me um, feel a little bit like a, a time-traveling amazing genius, a little bit like the, uh, the Predator, actually. I saw a, an interesting. But that was on the top of the wrist, or the top of the arm. I saw an interesting bit of commentary that that compared smartwatches and wearable devices to tablets as well. When everybody looked at, let's say, the iPad for example, because that was the one that got the most attention. Everybody looked at the iPad and said it's just a big phone, and could see some use cases that would work well, and some that wouldn't. But they were just phone-based use cases interpreted onto a larger screen. And then it wasn't until um, they were in consumers' hands and they began to change behavior. And also they became more popular over time. So yes. people, for example, now you get onto a train, you'll see lots of people reading from tablets and using yep. them, whereas it was very unusual and noteworthy at that time. Uh, and, and so people's you know uh, tolerance of seeing these devices have changed. And mm. I wonder if actually a lot of the resistance kind of that gut feel resistance that we have like for example my my i can't explain adequately why but if i see someone wearing google glass i don't like it take it off take I mean, it off n- not that i don't like them yeah. i don't like interacting with them because i find it distracting but there again that's because it's jarring and different and and you know you people react badly to to jarring well, it's a utility i think the google glass i, I would object to someone at virgin um air Airlines, uh, Virgin Atlantic, using they use that permanently now. The Google Glass in their um, clubhouse, I think it is. Um, yeah, where you got a proper utility, I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, but I, I don't object to the, the to the um, UPS man ha- having a massive, great computer sort of attached to his waistband to to scan my parcels. But that's kind of a an industrial kind of you know. Well, okay, uh, I don't I object do. to the taxi driver with his little um, uh, uh, Bluetooth earpiece. Oh, I do. But I think Ben's hit on an important point here. So do I. It's that behavioural change that happens with all new technologies. And what's different about wearables is it's a really personal thing that's about your person. Mm. And in the same way that I think there was a lot of reluctance to see mobile phones adopted, and there was that whole etiquette debate about when it was rude to do certain things. Uh, and actually now you think of some of the things that people do with mobile phones, frankly, it's quite horrifying. If you went and looked in Debrett's style I'm, I'm guide. I'm too busy on my... Absolutely. Uh, I think you can overplay that for wearables and you know the, the idea of wandering around with you know smart objects all over the place. But it's like any of this technology, you have to use it in the right way. And I think it's still so immature that there's still this emerging model yeah. to grasp. And frankly, things like exercise trackers, it's, it's a nice to have, but we had pedometers before. Actually, the real utility of it, and most wearables is connecting it to the smartphone yeah, and then doing yeah. smart things with the data. What interests me most in some ways is those kind of standalone behaviors that can happen without sort of reference to the smartphone, without that kind of add-on premium service, you know, be it the, the Fitbit premium mm-hmm. or all of those. 
which is why the ones we've talked about in terms of payment and identification, I think, have the most promise for going towards the mass market. Yeah. I, t- for me, and let, let's, let's, let's start wrapping up because we're running out of time. For me, making, exist, making existing devices smart. So you talked about smart socks, and there's a temptation to laugh at those. But everybody wears socks. Everybody has them. They're not unusual. Mm. And in that case... They monitor your activity. They look at your pace. You can do some sports stuff with them. You can look at your gait and this kind of stuff. So it'll, it'll, as you said, Rafe, it can give you some useful information relating to your health and your fitness and your mobility and all that kind of stuff. And I can see smart, smartized existing devices catching on. I really, though, struggle with things like Google Glass putting a new display in a place where it wasn't previously. Mm. Uh, or, for example, we haven't talked about them, but life loggers, the, for example, the autographer or something like that, which is a lapel type clip camera which continuously takes yeah, pictures during the day. Me, yeah. um, I think because at some point you have this huge ability to capture data, but if you capture it without knowing why you're capturing it, you know, just looking for serendipity for the fun perhaps, of it, yeah, or, yeah. or just collecting data in the hope that somebody will come up with a good idea, actually, uh, it, the, the collection process becomes intrusive. And that's a great point to kind of do a finish on because we've been talking purely about the consumer side where it does get interesting is in health applications, potentially enterprise applications, where there's an endpoint for that data that's being collected. And ultimately, I think that will be the thing that drives it into you know, bits of the market where it isn't now. So the potential savings from healthcare, from not having to visit the doctor to have oh, yeah. certain yeah. things monitored, and those kind of applications are really interesting. But the, the back-end requirements for those, both in terms of data management and connecting into existing systems, are going to take a long while to come in. And we're going to be in this sort of plane of consumer. It's hype at the moment, and then I think there'll be disappointment. In the longer term, it will be. It will be the classic model that there will be real value added once you can start connecting it into the in- existing infrastructure. And health is the most obvious one of those. But you can think about applications in enterprise, in education, and other areas. Okay, right, let's wrap up there. Uh, as ever, you can find us at 361podcast.com. We are at 361podcast on Twitter. Uh, follow us along for our $100 uh, phone challenge at the moment. You, know, you can see how we're getting on with our devices and uh, hear updates on the challenge as it goes along. If, you've got, if you're using wearables, wearing them, developing for them, trying them out, if you've got Google Glass, if you have some fancy device that we haven't even thought of, please let us know on the post. We welcome your feedback as ever because you often know better than us. In fact, you really want. Thank you very much, gents. Love you. We'll be back next week. See you soon. Bye bye.